to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sugar Coated. I am so, so, so excited to introduce my next guest to you. Her name is Mindy Barnett, and she is the founder and CEO of MBN Associates. But not only that, Mindy's a two-time author, a podcast host, and she is pursuing her MS in clinical psychology at Pepperdine University. Welcome to Sugar Coated Mindy. Oh, thanks for having me. That was so nice. I love that intro. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here. And I also just wanted to make sure that I did a little bit of a shout out about how I met you. Okay. And that was through our mutual friend, Paulina Lopez. And you and I met at the Business of We, Women Entrepreneurs, Summit this past year. Gosh, I, I don't even remember timelines or anything like no, that. No, I remember the Phillies were playing the next day because <laughs> I went to the playoff game. I think it was in maybe October. Yeah, it was right October. It was yeah. October. <laughs> October okay. 2022. And we it was at the lovely TWA Hotel at JFK, which is super cool and retro. And I was walking in and there was Mindy in all her glory. And we walked in <laughs> together uh, and just hit it off right away. So thank you to Paulina Lopez for bringing us together. And uh, now Mindy and I are, are great friends. And Mindy yeah. spoke and hosted the Pitch the Media panel at the She Leads conference. So truly a full circle moment. And I am so thrilled to just have you here today and dive into everything just around your journey. And we were just talking before the beginning of this podcast, how you're sort of on in the third chapter of your mm -hmm. career journey. So let's let's go back maybe, or maybe maybe let's start with where we are today. Let's start with where, where we are today. Sure. So tell me a little bit about you know, what you're doing, what you're pursuing, and, and why you're moving into this whole world of uh, psychotherapy. Okay, absolutely. I'm so excited to be here with you. Okay, so I just wanted to share that too. All right, so I am obviously the founder and, and CEO of MB and Associates PR, which is my day job, to say the least, and for what it's worth, my main priority. And I am not giving up MB and Associates anytime soon, but like many entrepreneurs and women, I have a lot of interests and I have written a couple of books and in doing so was out at book signings and using it to keynote speak because I'm also a keynote speaker at conferences and things like that in terms of leading with empathy and really just believing in yourself and making change and things of that nature. And I loved when people would come up to me after I spoke or even at book signings and then just ask me for advice. And I felt so 
good to be able to use trials and triumphs and what have you from my past to like give people courage or some sort of like give them a spark to light their fire, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then during the pandemic, I just kind of like, obviously like the rest of us had a lot of time to soul search and think. And I thought, you know, let me just back up for a minute. Whenever I would give advice, I always preface and said, you know, I'm not a therapist, but this is what I've done or I'm not a mental health expert, but this is what I do, you know? And I thought, wow, what, what a great, opportunity to continue my education, which is always something that I wanted to do. I just didn't know what I wanted to get my master's degree in Mm. and then have a greater impact being able to, you know, obviously earn the credentials, but then be able to treat people as an actual bona fide therapist once I get my licensure and and also use it in my keynoting. It gives me more credibility, but it also gives me more knowledge and therefore a stronger skill set to be able to to pay it forward. So that's really at this juncture in my life. I believe that's my calling at this point. I think PR is my personality and obviously my my news talent and not talent, but news knowledge, I should say, is providing me with um, a gift that I can share with business owners and so forth. And I, I love it. So I'm not closing the door just yet anywhere anytime soon on that. But I, I definitely want to, you know, plan for my future um, as I get ready for a milestone birthday in a year Mm -hmm. and knowing what the stress level is in PR and all that goes into it, you know, and the fact that I'm a hustler and I'll always work, what um, a career might look like when I'm say 85. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so there's a lot of reasons behind it. So I'm at Pepperdine as we chatted about I'm a full-time graduate student there on their in their online program, which is fairly new. They launched it during the pandemic and they make it very much like a live experience, which is something that in my years of <laughs> not being tech savvy, I definitely would need. I don't think I'd succeed um, if I was fully on my own, but I'm doing well, at least up until now. I was just are. telling my assistant, I'm all A's and one B plus, except I'm taking pharmacology, uh-huh. which is basically neuroscience. And I have an exam tonight. And if I, I, I pass this class, I'll be grateful. <laughs> Oh, I am sure that you will pass the class with flying colors. You are brilliant. Yeah, no, I know it is very difficult, but I'm really impressed that you have committed to yourself. And, you know, I, I personally think just knowing you and seeing you on stage doing, you know, what you do, I do think that you're going to be on stage when you're 85 years old, bringing that same type of energy. I, I know you will. And I think what's cool, you definitely will. And what's super cool is that when you get off stage and people say, you know, hey, can you give me some advice? You will be able to give them advice as a licensed therapist and and you can actually charge them. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's so funny. I was talking to a friend a couple of nights ago who often calls me when he's in trial. And I'm like, you know, my rate's going to be XXX. That's right. (laughs) He's like, for a tag. I'm like, I'm just joking. That's right. No, that's true. Yeah. I love that. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I I love to, it doesn't matter how old you are and all of that kind of stuff, but I, I love this idea, uh, especially for women entrepreneurs that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not over or where you start is not necessarily where you end up. And we can mm-hmm. always be evolving and growing. It doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, you're not 85. You're, you know, so far o- away from that. You know, I think that 
what you're doing and what you're pursuing is adding this level of credibility. Not that you weren't credible before, very credible, very, you know, accomplished, but this does add something else. And I think that's a lesson that other women entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast that they can take away. You didn't know when you were pursuing your news career that you were going to have your own PR firm, that you were going to pursue, you know, psychotherapy. So kind of take us back and tell us a little bit about how you got into the newsroom. I mean, you were a reporter, a news mm-hmm. reporter. So no, tell it's us so a little bit it's about so that. So good. As you said that, I'm like, there, if, if you had told me when I was like in college, I went to Hofstra. If you told me when I was like 21 and I was like this hungry like <laughs> journalist to be that I was going to be in PR and then eventually like go back to school for psychology, I would have thought you were insane. Yeah. So I had the, the bug to be a journalist, a broadcast journalist when I was in eighth grade. Wow. I, <laughs> I will give you a very cliff notes version. So not to bore your listeners and probably you, Adrian, but nevertheless, I was always, as I'm sure you're shocked to know, uh, a performer. I love to be on stage. I sing, I dance, I act and love to write. So my father, who was very influential in my life, as was my mother, but my father was sort of a mentor to me gave me the idea to sort of combine all of my skills and use it in, in broadcast news. So I was like, all right, that's what I want to do. And I was so excited about it. And I, I, in high school, took like a lot of media classes and did some like internships and things. And then just literally picked Hofstra because of their very strong communications department. Mm. Interned, I studied abroad. I like, lived and died for news. Like wow. that was all I cared about was being on the air. I didn't care where I'd go. I didn't care how much money I was going to make because trust me, it's literally like less than minimum wage basically. Yeah. When all is said and done, when you first start out, I remember once doing a story in Louisiana where I lived and um, earlier in my career, it was about like the Salvation Army's campaign, like for Christmas. And like somehow we got into chatting about who qualifies for food stamps. And I remember the, listening to them tell me, and I was like, I literally could qualify for, I could 100% like I, <laughs> <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> now. <laughs> and I was working like a dog, but I loved what I did. So it didn't matter. In fact, most days I would go to work and be like, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. Mm. Then I like moved around. I was in television news for 10 years. I was a morning anchor for the majority of like my career towards, especially towards like, I'd say, I guess after like year three onward. Mm. And that basically entailed getting up in the middle of the night, getting to the station by 4 a.m., anchoring, reporting. I loved it. But as I hit about 30, I still loved it, but I felt lonely. It was mm. hard to like date. It, I was living very far from my family. I really it was just kind of me and my dog. I had friends, but they weren't like my lifelong friends. And my friends were starting to get married and have children. And I just sort of felt like I wanted more than this amazing career. So when I was at Hofstra, just to back up for a moment, I did an internship because my dad always said to prepare for the rainy day and like, you may not make it in news and you should always be prepared. So I minored in public speaking and PR Mm -hmm. and I did an internship for the vice president of my university for two years where I actually worked in the PR division of Hofstra running press releases and things like that. So I had that under my belt, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I left TV. It was an extremely difficult decision. Like talk about a pivot Mm -hmm. that was like pivoting in like cement 
Like yeah. it was, it was a, it, like <laughs> thick cement. Like yeah. you can't even turn your body because you're like, <laughs> or quicksand and you're sinking. I was like, because it was so ingrained. I wanted it since I was in eighth grade and I actually achieved it. Yeah. Not to the level I, I mean, I could have continued and hopefully gone to bigger markets, but you know, it was just hard. So I felt like I was giving up a dream. I was giving up on myself. It was part of my identity. Mm. So I left because okay. I wanted more. So yeah. and I always, I told myself, you know, Mindy, if it doesn't work out in PR, it's not what you thought. You can always go back in a new. So I worked for a PR firm. The woman who ran it was like a complete and utter nasty person. That's all I'll say. <laughs> the culture was not good, although she was the basically the inspiration for my second book. You don't need to be a B-I-T-C-H to be a boss. Mm. But it taught me a lot of things about leadership that I now try my very best not to to adhere to, you know, mm. and that kind of thing. Um, but nevertheless, left and I really had nothing and was shopping in a store and the owner of the boutique needed PR and she showed, I'm giving you like a very fast, like I love quick, this like though. Quick, yeah. Okay. And there's so much and in there too that I'm going to so probably long. go back to. I literally to. wrote a book about this. So <laughs> I'm trying to like not. All right. So she, she, we negotiated like a six month situation. So I said, I'm going back into TV news. I'm definitely don't want to do PR. I just assume like if that was PR, what I, where I was, like, I didn't want anything you to do with it. That, yeah. And yeah, it was ugly and like, not like really just not the right energy that went with me. Yeah. And so, um, I helped her and it was right around Christmas time that, that I started with her. And as I mentioned, she was a boutique, but I was garnering her like all this media coverage and a lot of, it was an expensive boutique, like her apparel was high end and she had a lot of influential high end customers that um, shopped there as a women's store, but their husbands or them, like, but in this situation, not to stereotype their husbands were sort of like the worker bees and their comp and their families, their husbands, um, were all powerful people and they were basically like, who's getting you all this media? Oh, and then she was nice enough to share my information. And then the, these husbands were hiring me. So amazing. I know it was lucky. Serendipity. So in like yep. five months I had like, I had six clients. Wow. I didn't even have an LLC set up. I had nothing. It was just, they were just paying me. And then I got this job offer to be an anchor in a market that was not far from my hometown. And I was sort of at a crossroads and I decided to take a leap of faith and actually like open up my PR firm officially wow. and named it and be and associates and all that. And then it, then 20 years, it'll be 20 years this coming December in 2023 that I've had the firm, you know, we've evolved and grown and, you know, growing pains and we've withstood the, the recession of 20, 2008. And, you know, I had a lot of drama, I have a lot of lear like light learning lessons and things like that. But I have a really great team. I've learned for myself, like lean and mean is the way to go yeah. in terms of management. Uh, for me, I'll never be an, um, a boss that basically, or, you know, entrepreneur that's not in the weeds. I know that's probably to my detriment <laughs> in terms of growth, but I, I really like, I like to be hands-on. And I also feel like the, at the end of the day, the client's hiring the company, but they're hiring. They're too. hiring you. It's your name. Yeah. yeah. It is your name and it's yeah. your approach, which, it, which, which works. It, thank you. It's it's so I I need to be engaged, and so in order to be engaged, I can't have a whole big team management too. It's a lot of it's a whole other job. So I mean, I have great, talented, amazing people. I have three, and for us, maybe I'll do one more in New York because they're all based in South Jersey, where our main offices are. But that's like that works. It's like the the magic number for us, and. Definitely have had more and less, you know, over time. And that's sort of where I am right now. Like it's enabling me to 
grow help. We have, you know, lots of clients in New York. We have lots of clients and I have a presence, I, you know, home office in New York too, which is sort of my love affair, if you will. <laughs> and, um, and then obviously we, we have a lot of clients in LA, coincidentally where Pepperdine happens to be situated. I thought it was just osmosis. I yeah. think, I don't know, yeah. um, like manifesting that, but it's, it's, it's really good. And it's, I mean, I'm very busy and everyone's like, I don't know how you're doing everything, but I guess I thrive on like, just not having a lot of downtime. I think yeah. uh, being in news, I think that put that you know, mindset yeah. in my, in my ingrained in my yeah. brain. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's how you operate now. Gosh, Mindy, there's, there's just so much in everything that you, you said. And, you know, just one of the things that I observe is it was sort of like you came to this crossroads, like this thing that you absolutely loved, but it wasn't exactly what you mm-hmm. pictured it to be. And then it didn't provide you with the fulfillment mm-hmm. that you, you know, thought that it would. And to pivot mm-hmm. away from that, like you said, it was so difficult to do. And then mm-hmm. you were, you know, you were like, I'm not, uh, if, if this doesn't work, which is never a great mindset, right? Like if this doesn't work, I'm going back. And it it just seems that everything aligned for you. And when you made the decision to go ahead and launch your company, you were presented with a literal choice to go Mm -hmm. back to news or Mm -hmm. to pursue your own company. I Mm -hmm. feel like that was the universe, like just Mm -hmm. being so clear, like make a choice, Mindy. Yeah, no, it's true. I just got chills as you were saying that. You know, Adrian, it's funny because I have this reoccurring dream. <laughs> Tell me why. I don't think I've ever shared this is like psychoanalytics right now. Do no, it. I've never, I never really shared this with anybody. Maybe I shared this with like a friend. I don't know. But anyway, long story short, I have this reoccurring dream that I go back to like my last news, uh, my last news anchor job, which was in Champaign, Illinois, mm. and I decide to like not shut MB and Associate down, but keep it. But I'm gonna do it from afar and I still have my team, but now I'm going to be this morning anchor again. And I was going to be able to pitch. And then I like, almost like, it's like a night. <laughs> it's like a, one of those nightmares you wake yourself up from like, and I'm like, wait, why did I do that? I loved my MD and associate. Ah. And then I like, I'm like, oh, it's just a dream. Yeah. It's so weird. I think yeah. like, yes, it was like, yes, I think I needed to make a conscious decision because when I was yes. doing it initially, it was like really to make ends meet and I was successful at it and I was getting, you know, organically, I wasn't looking for clients they were organically mm-hmm. coming to me and I was grateful for it but it wasn't like I was like pounding the pavement looking to grow my business I didn't even really think of it as a business to be honest yeah. with you it was just sort of like maybe that's, time. yeah yeah maybe that's yeah. what the dream is about though is is like your mind trying to make sense of making the the choice that you want rather than the choice that you thought you needed to make in order to make money. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You sure you don't go oh, to no, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> you should, you got to talk to one of my friends. His name is Dominic. He literally texts me all the time and says like, I had this dream about this. And then I'm like, okay, tell me more, tell me more. And then. No, that's probably yeah. right. Yeah, no, yes. It's, it's no, good. that makes perfect sense. That makes me feel better. Cause I'm like, why am I dreaming about like WICD champagne, NBC yeah. news? Like, yeah. Why it's should why? I have not laughed? Should I go back into TV? And that makes sense, I guess, because I, 
it's like I wanted that. It wasn't like I had to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. And thank you so much for sharing that. Maybe yeah. I will turn my show from sugar coated into dream analysis. Yeah, or dream weaver. <laughs> dream weaver. <laughs> oh, do you know how much fun that would be for me? I just yeah. I, I yeah. love dream analysis because our minds. I, I love that you're doing uh, psychotherapy. Like our minds are so interesting and they are so tricky. And they are. Oh my god! Yeah. And they're they're so they're so good because you don't you don't know what you're doing to yourself, and it's just so hard to like unwind all of that. But I guess that's a, that's an entirely different show. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I know. I find everything I'm learning is like so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> even now, even with this horrific class, the neuroscience class, <laughs> I <laughs> was just with the neurotransmitters and the chemicals and why you like people have depression. It's just like so interesting. But now that I know you're a dream analysis expert, <laughs> I <laughs> will be texting, texting you <laughs> as well. I, I am not good at interpreting dreams. Oh, so yeah. I appreciate no, that. It's so good. So the other thing that I wanted to mention is that you have also introduced me to a couple of different people, one of which was just on the show, an incredible women entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. So in your in your business, your PR business, just want to kind of lean into that a little bit because so many people, women entrepreneurs, what I hear from them all the time is, I want to get myself out there. Like those are the Mm -hmm. literal words that they use. And when you start Mm -hmm. asking them like, well, what do you mean? I want to get myself out there. They want to be known by people and, you know, they want to get invited on podcasts. They want to maybe have a book or, or get on a television show or be quoted as an expert in an article, even if it's, you know, some type of a industry article or something like that. Mm So can you provide just a, a little bit of a- advice and what you what you do for clients, sure. specifically women entrepreneurs? Sure. And then, you know, what could somebody do to, to start to get themselves out there? Okay. So I'll answer the second part first, if that's okay, yep. what people can do. So first, you have to be very clear on what your lane is. Where do you stand? What do you do, obviously? So let's just pick an industry. Let's just stick with finance, right? You work with other, maybe your niche is women, and you work with women on retirement planning and saving. And because women are notoriously bad with money. <laughs> and, you know, you come up with like a trend based on whatever is like making headlines. I'll, as we record this, it's like the end of January, right? So Valentine's Day is like on the cusp. Mm. So I would think, okay, Valentine's Day, getting married, combining money, um, or if you're thinking of a, unfortunately divorcing or you're in the middle of a divorce, like what you should do to protect your money. Mm-hmm. That's another issue that like women, um, I know this because they rep some financial people yeah. and I've been through a divorce, yeah. but nevertheless, um, <laughs> women have the <laughs> speak on both sides. <laughs> women have a tendency not to know where their money is. Like, you know, men are traditionally like the ones who handle like the finances for the family and things like that. So something like that, which is obviously a little bit on the, I don't want to say ugly, but like maybe like Debbie Downer side, but it's a really good story. And it's also a play on the Valentine's Day marriage to like love or splitting or whatever, or you could do it the other way. If you're looking to get married, like this is like the five things that you need to know there. That's two really good pitch ideas Mm -hmm. for any of your financial experts listening right now. I love that. Then you need to know who to pitch. So 
It could be a television producer where you go on air and you speak in your local news, um, you know, outlet or what have you. Or it could be um, a features writer or someone who writes specifically about money or finance for your local paper. Or it could be a podcast that focuses on relationships like Race for the Ring or your podcast um, that focuses on female entrepreneurs or on any other one that focuses on lifestyle or things of that nature. Mm. And you just really need to do some homework. You need to know like who to pitch and where to pitch. Like, you know, that if, um, like, for instance, just sticking with that love financial angle, mm-hmm. you're not going to pitch a writer who covers like city hall, right? <laughs> or you're not, <laughs> you're not going to pitch a podcast that focuses on technology or something right. like that. It's just a waste of time. And it's also, it makes the, the, the other side, the media angry almost because you're not doing your homework and you don't care. You're just looking to get your news information out yeah. and you see to spin it in such a way that you're looking to help listeners, viewers, readers, what have you. So you're offering free quote cliche, but fits news you can use free content and you're being positioned as a thought leader. Mm. So that's a very quick way to get your to get out there. It's not going to take a quick second to make it happen, but that if you're willing to do some homework and do like some legwork and make a creative idea, you know, and obviously be aggressive in following up because they're not, sometimes they'll write you right back and they love the idea and it's easy breezy. But I'd say nine times out of 10, it's me being an aggressive squeak wheel that gets the oil, so to speak, where mm-hmm. I'm following up and asking and seeing if they saw my story idea or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't, it doesn't work out and that's okay too. Then you just reach out to another one that is sort of in the same vein, so to speak. So that's how you could do that. Mm-hmm. And I actually work with small business owners who um, want PR, but ne- don't necessarily have the budget for PR yeah. to teach them the tools to do something like that. So that's nothing that I'm usually advertising because it's really small piece of my puzzle, but yep. I do do that because I feel like I, I have these skills and I want to get pay it forward in a way, you know, and help people. I love then that. For me, I do all of that and then obviously taking it to a whole other level. We're very aggressive and coming up with story ideas and we're pitching not just like, say, a local news outlet once. We're pitching like maybe five or six in tandem, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the same story, but like different angles. So like sticking with finance, like that financial person could be also be maybe they get back to philanthropy in some way or they're an executive on a board. Like I might pitch it that way and focus on what they're doing or maybe they are, you know, there, there's another angle that they're, that they're involved. Maybe he's a leader or something like sure. that. Um, is it an entrepreneur feature or what have you? So it has nothing to really do with finance, but their financial company and their name is obviously going to be in the news in that capacity. And then we'll obviously think of financial stories in that way. This is such such great information. Thank you so much. And sure. one of the one of the things that I love that I think sometimes, you know, when when women do say, you know, I want to get myself out there, they think, you know, how can I get on the Today Show? And what you just said is so important. You know, there are local news outlets that mm-hmm. are looking for stories. They're looking for mm-hmm. people. They're looking for experts. And you know, don't poo-poo those local news outlets. They're the best places to go because they they yeah. need news all the time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, they're hard too. I mean, they're obviously easier than the Today Show. Yeah, but I often tell my clients, you know, well, a national outlet like the Today Show is fantastic, and we do work with that show, and we work with all the other ones too. 
the people that are looking to turn on the news and get the weather and get like quick out the door on the morning shows, that's your core audience. They're all watching their local shows. Yeah. You know, they the, the people watching the national shows, they might have more time on their hands because they're like the time slots a little later or, you know, um, I don't know, whatever. I mean, and it's obviously national, so it's going to be in your market, but it's also going to be across the board all over the U.S. too. But the local hyper local news outlets are really like the best if you're like in, say, New York City or, yeah. you know, wherever your, you know, your company is based. If it's not, you don't have like multiple offices like all over the United States, yeah. which I would imagine you know, Not starting out entrepreneurs don't. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things, too, that y- you mentioned that I think is super key is if you don't have the budget to hire somebody like you who who knows how to craft stories and pitches and knows all the outlets and all of that kind of stuff, that you have to do the work. You can't mm-hmm. just say, hey, this is me. I'm great. Like, quote me as an expert. You need to research the reporter. You need to research the publication. You need to see what all of the other stories that they've been writing about lately. Mm -hmm. And you also do need to have a little bit of creativity. Like you talked about the angle for, you know, of love, right? It doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. need to be Valentine's Day, but what does Valentine's Day represent. It represents love. It's relationships. Once you can start Mm -hmm. thinking of those other terms, you can decide, does what I do fit into that? Is it relevant? If it's not, and you can't come up with something that makes sense, don't just try and force your story into Valentine's Day. Totally. A hundred percent agree. My advice is really to see what's trending and what's seasonal and what the news cycle is looking like. I mean, here in the Philly area where I'm sitting right now, you know, the Eagles are in the playoffs. So all the news outlets are looking all about the Eagles. So we're pitching like, you know, anything pertaining to that, like what is, what is sticking with finance? I don't know why I am (laughs) horrible with money, (laughs) but that's just where I'm going today. So go, I'll go with it. Um, you know, with, for my financial guy, we're pitching like, what does this mean for the city? If the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, like that kind of stuff. And my client, my mental health expert out in LA, where they just had all these horrible shootings, Mm. like what we're pitching more like, what the community needs to heal and how to overcome this as a community and like stand together and fear and how to overcome that and like things of that nature. So it really depends where you are, what's trending, what's seasonal, what the news cycle is, um, you know, that's going around, even if it's a national story, how can you localize it? Like that kind of thing, you know? And yeah, I mean, you wouldn't to do your homework, you wouldn't like send out stuff on social media or marketing material. That's just like, sloppily done with misspellings and things like that's sort of like the same thing yeah you know like yeah the uh, the my take home for everyone listening is that the media does not need you mm. i'll repeat that <laughs> <laughs> the media does not need you you need the media so you need to show them what you bring to the table to help them do their jobs that much better, which at the end of the day is serving their readers, listeners, and viewers, right? Yeah, that's gold, Mindy. That is gold. And, you know, I I hope that everybody listening throughout this whole conversation, that's one thing that they take away. And it, it leads me into also this idea and this concept, right? You have media that is already existing, some of the local outlets, some of the bigger outlets, but then there's also platforms. And you Mm -hmm. very effectively have your own 
media platform. You have your podcast, which is a media platform. And you also Mm -hmm. have the books that you've written, Mm -hmm. which are Mm -hmm. your media platform. So Mm -hmm. can you talk just a a little bit about, you know, was that something that you specifically chose to create for yourself as a media outlet? Or was that more that you just wanted to share your information and, and have those two different media properties gotten you, you know, your own type of coverage in maybe some bigger media outlets? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I love to write and I find it therapeutic and I, but, and I always wanted to write a book. So I wrote the first book for that reason, but I really wrote it too, because I wanted to get into the keynote speaking circuit and I didn't know really how to break in. I mean, I, could have gone on stage and talked all about PR, which now I sometimes do, but I really didn't want to be known as, you know, this savvy publicist and just, you know, not just, but like offering like news you can use and things so people can move the needle on their own, which was foolish because Because I think that when I do offer like all my topics, that tends to be the most popular of all. But (laughs) nevertheless, I wrote intermission how forever friendships and faith took me to the second act to use that as a tool to write a leadership book. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, a re- leadership keynote. Um, and then um, loved it, was successful with it. And then really got like the bug with the book business. And um, my publisher is like, you know, and they used, like to go back up for just a minute um, to push the book and the message of the book and all of these book signings I was doing was also booking my office. I didn't pitch myself, but like we're pitching me to go on different outlets and talk about lessons that were in the book and then also plug the book signings that I was doing and things of that nature. Mm. So that's sort of how I built that platform. And then I did something very similar, basically duplicate for you don't need to, can I say the word? Yeah, say. You don't need to be a bitch to be a boss. (laughs) Okay. Um, Which is that leading with empathy book and why, how not to compete and things like that with other women. And then that's really like, that's my, I feel like each project gets better, you know, sort of like yourself. And so that is like, I'm very, very proud of that book. And I have intentions of writing a second, a third book rather, Mm. after I graduate using it more of my psychology knowledge in in that space. But I used it for the the keynoting and then via the, the book for the intention of promoting the book, obviously used it for media. And I was branded along the way as a thought leader in these different spaces. The podcast was really created because I wanted a passion project. Mm. I like miss being on air. I, <laughs> you know, I do do some things on air, not just with the books, but like lifestyle contributing and things and things like that. But I just wanted to do something fun for me. And I really was initially going to make it more along in line with the books. Mm. Well, it was just the one book at the time, Intermission, make it all about that and focus on entrepreneurs and how, what, like maybe darkness that they had that they were able to overcome, which would have been great and fun. And I could have had fun, but I want, I felt like I was more serious yeah. and I wanted to um, just have fun yeah. and like show like my personality <laughs> and sort of like let my hair down. Yeah. And so I, I chose the race for the ring because it was also like, I was starting to date, which was also a little bit about woven in the book, not really the, the main mission of the book, you know, that kind of thing. So it's taken off and they sort of, 
like intermittently, I've interviewed a lot of therapists because we talk about, um, you know, we do fun topics. And then we also talk about more serious subject matters like narcissism and like personality disorders and overall and like just dating and relationships and things that could go awry and advice um, through that channel of knowledge also inspired me to to pursue my degree in psychology too. So, so. good. All of these things, if you kind of take that 30,000 foot look and and you see all of these things that you've done for yourself, also that mm-hmm. you sort of have listened to yourself, you mm-hmm. know yourself, you're, you're making conscious choices, and then everything does fit together. I think that people can look at you and the different things that you do and really, you know, model not themselves after you. I don't, I don't want to suggest that, but Mm -hmm. you know, all of the different things that you've done, there's so many different lessons there and it's a real nice, like 360 picture of it really is. And you're, you're, it wasn't intentional. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? But that's sometimes the way the universe works, right, Adrian? Yeah. You have to sort of just trust, like, trust yourself and just go for it. That is, that's, maybe that's the, you know, I don't know. I'm sure that you know what you're going to write for your third book, but I do yes, think. Yes, I'm calling it Old Maid. What, really? That's a great. I think so. Okay, I love it. No, no, it's not going to be a memoir. I mean, because I'm not an old maid. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm, I want to, I think I want to write about why the trend in women not getting married or yeah. waiting later in life to get married. And it well, that's that the horrible expression people call women that get married later in life or don't aren't married yet. Yeah. So I was playing off of that because I think it's awful. And yeah. I think it's great like to yeah. be believe in yourself and uh, anyway, yeah. that I love I shouldn't it. have probably said that because whatever, <laughs> maybe it won't happen. No. I might write about something completely different, but that's sort of what I'm thinking. It's a great, yeah. it's a, it's a great idea. And, and in fact, you know, and Mindy, I think that you and I do this. I think we could talk about everything all day, yeah. every day. Yeah. But what I read recently just on that subject is there's a lot of evidence that shows that women that are, you know, successful and that really lean into their career that they actually don't have a romantic partner because mm-hmm. the the societal expectations of what a woman should be it, it's like those women are throwing that out the door they don't need men to sort of provide for them and make money mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it it makes them less attractive to men who a hundred percent their desire yes. is you knit, to you help. Hit the nail with the, the yeah. nail on the head it's yeah. crazy because yeah. it's like we we want to be successful and we want to be fully realized and and all of that and then it's having you know depending on what your perspective is it's having maybe a negative consequence on yes. the personal side of things because you know we need relationships too Yes, right? of course we do. Yeah. Everybody needs connection. Yeah. 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 It's it's an interesting new trend and yes. puzzle that we're still trying to figure out. I think at least um some of the women I've I would interview women in like all different creeds and you know, like areas of the country and stuff and do some like research. But I, I think that women lean in heavily on each other. Yeah. For those it's not the same as having a romantic partner at all. No. But I think women find some sort of comfort and, you know, courage encouragement and connection certainly through other female friendships. Yeah. 
um, today more than they have in the past. Yes. But, but I do believe that it's a double-edged sword. So yeah. you work hard on your career and you become successful and maybe you get, you know, you're not focused on marriage right away, like maybe right out of college because you're maybe pursuing other degrees or you're just starting your business or whatever you're doing, right? And then hit whatever, 35 or 40, maybe even say, and you really want to, okay, I want to have a family, I want more, you know, whatever, you know, that looks like for you. And now you're super successful and you're almost intimidating to the, yeah. the men, even power men, yeah. they, like that are extremely successful themselves, don't necessarily want, a call no. like a partner that's going to be with a similar resume no you know yeah so it's it's tricky it's yeah. hard the double-edged sword of old maidhood <laughs> <laughs> i love oh it God. i love it it's so good so mindy Thanks. thank you so much for this incredible conversation it was just filled with so much insight and knowledge and takeaways and practical advice and oh, so much fun i definitely am going to have you come back with the next yeah book. i love that yeah. and just to anybody wants to get in touch with you if they want to read your books and just dive into the world of mindy where can they find you Oh, it's a scary place to be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so I Instagram is sort of like my sweet spot. And my Insta handle is Mindy, M-I-N-D-I-E dot Barnett, B-A-R-N-E-T-T. My company website is really long and convoluted, but it's M-B and which is spelled out associatespr.com. My podcast is The Race for the Ring. It's on Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, anywhere you can find your podcast. So please subscribe. Yeah. And my books are both on Amazon and in bookstores. The first one is called Intermission, How Fervor, Friendships, and Faith Took Me to the Second Act. And the second one is called You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. Oh my God. I love it so much. We're going to get all of this in the show notes. And just thank you. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait to see you in real life soon. Yes, we need to do that. We yeah. need to get together in New York City and have like happy hour or power lunch. Love it. Fun. <laughs> okay, good. I love the power lunch. Okay. Yeah, maybe. we'll go to Avra. I love it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. is the She Leads Podcast Network.